Are your student loan payments or loan balances a major obstacle in your financial life? Then tune in and let's escape student loan debt. Hello, this is Brenton Harrison, founder of Escape Student Loan Debt and your host for the Escape Student Loan Debt podcast. This is part two in our series covering the groundbreaking announcement from the Biden administration that they will be giving limited student loan forgiveness to certain eligible borrowers, but also extending the student loan payment freeze and potentially introducing a new income driven repayment plan. In part one, we covered who is and isn't eligible for this limited student loan forgiveness. And in this episode, we're covering the details of the extended payment freeze. Let's get started. You're listening to the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Subscribe now at escapestudentloandebt.com. Welcome back. Let's talk about the nitty gritty, the nuts and bolts of what this payment extension means as it relates to when you make that first payment following the pandemic. And there are two dates that I want you to keep in mind in this section. And those dates are December 31st of this year and then March of next year, the entire month. So I guess that's not a date, but it's a point in time. December 31st is important because that's the date that the payment freeze will end. But if you're worrying that, hey, the payment freeze ends December 31st and I'm gonna have to make my first student loan payment in like two and a half years on New Year's Day, that's not how it's going to work. Typically, it takes about 30 days for this engine to get in motion when you've had an extended payment freeze. So even if the payment freeze ends in December 31st, you may not have to make a payment until late January or early February at the earliest. It's important to note that since the pandemic, there have been a number of loan servicers that have fallen out of the business and have transferred their loans to other servicers. But regardless of your loan servicer, if you had student loans that were being auto paid prior to the pandemic, that process has been severed as a result of the payment freeze. Meaning that before payments resume early next year, you need to manually go to your loan servicers website you need to make sure that they have an updated address, phone number, and email on file for you. And you need to click the button that says you want to auto debit your student loan payments. If you don't and they have incorrect addresses or email addresses, they might be sending you information about a late payment or a missed payment that can damage your credit score. And you want to make sure you have all those T's crossed and I's dotted prior to the beginning of next year. Now, when those payments start, what will your payment be? Well, there is some good news for those who had low payments prior to the pandemic, because when payments resume, you will pay whatever it was you were paying prior to the pandemic. If I was paying $200 a month towards my student loans, I'll be paying $200 a month when those payments pick back up. There are some people who have federal student loan payment plans, like a standard plan where the payment you make is based on your loan balance and it's designed to pay your loan off in full within a certain period of time, then your payment it might not have changed in the past and it may not change in the future. You might just have a set payment that stays where it is until your loan is repaid. But the majority of loan borrowers who have significant student debt pay them back using income driven payment plans. And those payment plans base their payment off of a percentage of a number called your discretionary income instead of basing it off of what would actually be needed to pay off your loans in full within a repayment period. This means you need to have an idea of the income that your servicer was using to calculate your payment prior to the pandemic to know whether you need to make some adjustments before these payments kick back up again. 
As an example, let's say that prior to the pandemic, the last student loan payment you made was based on your most recently submitted tax return, which was likely your 2019 or your 2018 tax return. If your income since that year has skyrocketed and you have recent tax returns that show income far above what your loan servicer has on file, then it's a great thing that that payment that starts is going to be whatever it was prior to the pandemic. But if you look at your tax returns from 2018 and 2019, and you realize that since that time, you've had a decrease in your financial earnings, you would want to make sure your loan servicer knows that the payment they have on file does not reflect your current income. And you would want to do what's called certify your income again with that servicer, which simply means you're giving them up to date income information so they can recalculate your payment prior to December 31st. Now, the second date, which isn't a date, it's a point in time is March. March of next year. This point in time is important because the Department of Education has said that this is the first month they will require borrowers to update their pay with their loan servicer if they're seeking to make payments under an income driven repayment plan. If you're on these plans, you know that once per year, your loan servicer reaches out to you and demands that you recertify your income and provide up to date information about your pay in the previous year. Well, the education department is saying that March will be the first time they ask borrowers to complete this process. Now, if March is the first month that student loan servicers are going to reach out to any borrowers to ask them to verify their income, you have to keep in mind that there are some borrowers whose month that they verify typically comes before March. It might be in January or February. And if you're a borrower who typically sees their income verified in January of each year, that date means that since it falls before March of 2023, your loan servicer will not ask you to verify your income again until January of 2024. You would functionally get a whole nother year of making payments based on what you were paying prior to the pandemic. And if you were making less money prior to the pandemic than you are now, then this is a really, really cool thing that allows you to stretch out those savings even further. But let's assume that you're making way more now than you have in previous years and your month that you verify your income comes in July, smack dab in the middle of the summer. Well, for most people in April of each year, they file their tax returns. And remember that under these plans, the student loan servicer uses your most recently filed tax returns to help them calculate what your payment would be. Well, if my date falls in July, I'm going to know that if I file my taxes in April, my student loan servicer is going to be able to access that return when they recalculate my payment. So I might, instead of filing in April, choose to file for an extension on my tax returns that allows me to file in October. Now, in July, my student loan servicer comes to me asking if I can verify my income and the most recent tax return that they have on file is not the 2022 return because I filed for an extension. And instead, they would have to go back to my 2021 return, which might show a lower income, thus leading to a lower student loan payment. By knowing these key dates, there are all types of strategies you can deploy to make sure you're getting the biggest benefit possible for the longest period possible. But even if you don't feel up to the challenge of doing this stuff on your own, at least by knowing when the payment freeze ends and when they're going to ask to verify your payment, you have a better heads up of what's coming for you in the year ahead.
After the break, we'll tell you how those who haven't even experienced the payment freeze and have been making payments throughout the entirety of the pandemic can make their loans eligible to get that payment freeze for the last few months of 2022 and keep some of those savings in their pocket. This is the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. A show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving home ownership. We'll be right back. Are you interested in learning the tools and techniques we use to get student loans forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited? Well, great news. We're currently updating our flagship course, Escape Student Loan Debt, to reflect the current changes in the student loan landscape. To stay up to date on the launch of the course and opportunities to sit in on our live recording sessions, head to EscapeStudentLoanDebt.com and join our email list now. You're listening to the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Subscribe now at EscapeStudentLoanDebt.com. Welcome back. Before the break, I intimated that there are people out there with federal student loans who haven't been able to take advantage of the federal payment freeze. And whenever I come across these people, my heart hurts for them because if I had been able to talk to them when the payment freeze started, I could have told them that any federal loan that's ineligible for the payment freeze can be made eligible. But since there are a few months that are left in this payment freeze, I want to give them this information now in the hopes that they get a couple months of relief from this student loan payment. First, how is it possible to have these federal student loans and not have the payment freeze? Well, that has everything to do with who owns the loan. I know it seems like if you have a federal student loan that the federal government owns the loan, but that hasn't always been the case. There used to be a program called the Guaranteed Student Loan Program, and through that program, there were loans that were issued called FFEL and Stafford Loans. These were federally backed student loans that were actually issued by private banks. So it was possible to have a federal student loan that was actually serviced by a private bank. These FFEL and Stafford loans that were owned by these banks were ineligible for the payment freeze. You had to have a federally owned loan in order to be eligible. And the safest way to make sure that you were in that number, in that chosen few, was to have what's called a direct loan. So the bad news is that some of these old FFEL and Stafford loans weren't eligible, but the good news is anyone with these old loans can make them a direct loan by doing what's called a direct consolidation application. And what happens is you take all of these disparate loans, FFEL loans, Stafford loans, Perkins loans, you could even use old direct loans and you put them all under the umbrella of a new direct consolidation loan. And no matter if the overwhelming majority of those loans were ineligible, once they come under that direct loan umbrella, they are immediately eligible for the student loan payment freeze. I've told this to a number of people and they've been hesitant because they think it's going to somehow mess up their student loans. Not only is it not going to mess up your student loans, I can tell you that there are a number of additional benefits beyond the payment freeze that would lead to you needing to consolidate these loans. So if you're in this scenario, I highly encourage you to go to studentaid.gov. If you don't already have a profile, register for a profile. It takes a few days for them 
them to connect your social security to the history of student loans that you've taken out with the various servicers. But once that profile has been established, you can go straight to that website and start the consolidation process so that you can get those last two months or last three months of benefit of having no payment. This gives you the broad strokes of what's to come as it relates to the resumption of federal student loan payments in 2023. And in part three of our series, the final episode in this series on the Biden administration's recent announcements as it pertains to student loan forgiveness are all about the new repayment plan that will potentially be released under the income driven plan umbrella. I'll see you then. From Escape Student Loan Debt, this was the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast, a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving homeownership.